Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Annie Are You Okay podcast. I'm your host, Annie Holloway. I'm Oakley. And today we're going to dive in deep to some sensitive subjects. So buckle up, get ready because this shit's about to get heavy. Please understand that this show is not therapy and that we are not licensed psychologists, therapists, or life coaches. We are simply two moms who are walking down their own healing path. We believe in the power of connection to help unite and empower others who struggle with understanding mental health. Again, we are not professionals. We are just mental health advocates trying to spread awareness through our own experiences to help others feel less alone and to normalize the stigma around mental illness. If anyone you know or love is struggling and needs help, please contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. You can also message them from the website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Kind of mouthful. Again, it's just suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Don't want them to be a part of their life. I don't trust them. They're very bad, mean, well, not bad people, but they're just very mean people. They're selfish because of their shit. You realize what you want for your kid, and you realize that the people who are in it may not necessarily bring that. Yeah. That's a tough fucking pill for any parent because you can only do so much for your child. And I feel, I feel a lot of, like, guilt for having him sometimes because he doesn't have support in places where I feel like if I took time... Um, you know, I might have been able to provide that. But the reality is you can take all the fucking time you want. And once you become a parent, you're not going to fucking know what the fuck to do because every child has a special need. And I guarantee you, most parents are not going to be prepared for that need. So also life just happens. You can prepare for absolutely everything. And like, you know, World War Three can happen. So right, right. Yeah, we're just trying to make it over here. Like, fuck, I understand. But I just think it's interesting how I used to threaten my parents when abuse used to happen. I used to like cry and go to my room or like pretend I was going to run away. Um, and I used to say, when I'm grown, I'll never, you'll never see me again. And you will never see your grandchild grow up or your grandchildren grow up. It's just so fucking weird how like true that is today and sad. Also just really took a minute when I like wrote that down and I was like, wow, that's like a fucking healing point for me because I have to acknowledge the little girl who said those things. And that little girl is saying the same thing and now I'm saying the same thing so we're all on the same page now and it gets hard you know but like at least we're on the same fucking but that young girl must be so proud of you she is for like sticking with it for not folding for but I think she doubts me and that's what the problem is like Mm. I I doubt myself oh yeah yeah and so therefore she doesn't have like the footing yeah like she knows that I can fail her Mm mm-hmm but the other part is that she can't connect to that I can is that I've never loved anybody like I love my son and I'll do more than I will ever do for myself for my son and that's just inevitable like that's what keeps me alive Mm -hmm. so I don't know it's like all connecting it back together and trying to not ignore her but also be like yo you need to chill like I know you have a lot of feelings right now and so I have therapy on Monday. Thank God tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. I start IOP tomorrow, which is like three days a week. 
um, for five hours a day of just intensive therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It'll be. What does IOP stand for? Uh, intensive. intensive outpatient treatment. Okay. So it's IOPT, but they just call it IOP. So yeah. Each each group is like based for different things. So there's like a recovery group. There's terminal illness groups. There's other things. I fall in line with like the behavioral and like um, PTSD recovery groups. Well, at least you're in something like that. That, I mean, like for me, when I was dealing with this shit shortly after becoming a mom, I was like, there is no help for mm -hmm. me. Like, I honestly would have, like, I thought about just going to a rehab because I, it's so hard to heal. It is when you're around all the shit. And honestly, exactly. That's, that's what you have responsibilities, like being a parent. That's what they want to get back to is they want to have people start coming back in April to the actual facility so that they can come in and then I'll be able to talk to, well I mean I'm going to be able to talk to a psychiatrist no matter what but they can decide if I need inpatient um, which is one thing I didn't realize about like inpatient and outpatient is they're all voluntary programs where you're saying like I want to stay in the hospital or I want to come to the hospital daily for group um, to get better good which is i always thought was like oh no if you go to the hospital because you're because of your mental health you are admitted and you are it's there scary. against in some your states, will it is that way in some states that's it's crazy. very very rigid it's very unforgiving to the to the mentally ill yeah. and that's why people don't get help i mean it's so overly stigmatized and people who are mentally ill in a lot of situations aren't given any resources but given the worst opportunities yeah. and they they get you know and I know I feel you on that because, like, I'm a mom and I get it. And you want to take really good care of yourself. But at the same time, you're not, like, trying to lose your family. Yeah. You're not trying to lose yourself. And you're not trying to lose, like, that connection that you have that you know you have. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard because you know there's a certain amount of yourself that you have to detach from when it comes to your kid otherwise you can't heal mm -hmm. and that's exactly why there's programs like that is to give you you know solid ground to fucking work on because you don't get that opportunity you don't have you don't have any opportunity to mm -hmm. do that so yeah I'm glad you're doing that is that's where I was at like what the fuck am I gonna do like this doesn't make me feel better to talk about it to like a person for like an hour a day every four weeks and right now honey right now I'm fucking I'm barely keeping it together because I just want antidepressants. I just want happiness. And I keep doing things that, like on the internet that say like, well, help increase your happiness. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this is like trying to drink wine to get drunk. I don't know. It's just not fucking mm -mm. working for me. I just hate it. And it, everything fucking sucks. And to go up and down on that roller coaster, it's a shit show. Right. I just want, I want my therapy session already. I'm like, yes. So here's the plan. <laughs> I need antidepressants and stat because I just never really saw myself going down that road. But like, I know for a fact, like mm -hmm. because of how obsessed I am with information and figuring out where I'm at, mm -hmm. like I'm really in touch with finding out about how I feel mm -hmm. and finding out my triggers because my triggers have been with me my whole life and like that's the first part of healing is like okay that's a trigger figure that out 
there just comes a certain point where you can't stop triggers. Right. And if your trigger is going to immediately make you want to ball up in or, you know, roll up into a ball and cry your fucking heart out. Or lash out, like physically hurt people That may you. be a trigger because you have BPD, but what you're experiencing is depression. Oh, yeah. And that is something you can treat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, that's where I'm at is that my heart's broken, you know? Like, I can't just get over the fact that I don't have my dad in my life anymore. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't get over the fact that my relationship with my sister is just fucking poisoned i can't get over that but i can heal eventually and yeah that's what that's what they make drugs for (laughs) right i was gonna say like being on antidepressants i definitely feel more stable that being said like there are still things that i struggle with like anxiety and like anxious thoughts like i yeah if tristan is not literally or if someone isn't physically with sylvia I can't go to the bathroom. I can't without thinking oh, really? that the TV's going to fall on her. Literally, you know, yeah, it, cause she's... five minutes to poop. Not even that. Two minutes to poop. A minute and a half to pee. Literally 60 to 90 seconds. Yeah, I know. And all I'm thinking is the TV's falling on her. Um, she locked herself in the fridge. Um, <sighs> everything. She's dying. She's dying. She's dying. She's dying. She's dying. She's dying. Yeah, so I need to talk to my psychiatrist that about that. a lot like postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I've had major depressive like mm-hmm. ep- major depressive problems and so they wanted to get that under control we've got that pretty much under control i'm not like i want to go get so drunk i'm gonna go throw myself in the street right i'm not doing that shit anymore right but i have these anxious thoughts and then i still have like feelings of uh worthlessness and hopelessness i, mm-hmm. I mean hopelessness is not so much but worthlessness is still a big one and that's because it's wrapped around a lot of trauma yeah that so. trauma that trauma is a bitch mm-hmm. i think that's the hardest thing to heal from it I- is yeah it fucks you up and then you're like oh i have to go to the beginning <laughs> and feel this whole thing apart um so one of the things i thought we would cover and i chatted with you about this was uh self-identity mm-hmm. and gender identity um self-identity and the definition of is as follows the recognition of one's qualities potential qualities as an individual especially in relation to social context mm-hmm. And, like, self-identify is not necessarily gender-related, but, like, you can say that you're a photographer or you can say that you're an artist or you can say this, that, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So the same thing, you know, obviously yeah. applies towards gender. Yeah. You're, you're stating what sort of social circles you are interested in or are a part of or that are a part of you is a better way to put that in, in you know, like, in who who or how your gender your sexual orientation your um or just you know your your basic identities like as a mom or as a parent as um a caregiver or as um a people pleaser or you know there's a lot of different identities that that make up your self-identity right and i think the reason that we want to chat about this is also just because like the last episode i haven't i haven't edited or posted yet but <laughs> eh. the last episode you actually came on and talked more about your gender identity mm-hmm. and do you want to like recap that real real quick for us yeah i identify as a non-binary person i'm afab meaning that i was assigned female at birth um i identify as a mother because i done did that makuchi can tell you um <laughs> I am a mother, um, but I identify as a person at the current 
time. I just believe that all the parts of me don't point either masculine or feminine at this time. I'm just simply a human with unique individual characteristics. It's almost like a fluidity. Yeah, definitely oh. more of like a gender fluid sort I hear of gender vibe. fluid a lot more. And I feel like that best describes I think a it best describes of... everybody, honestly, oh, because yeah. there's very few people who are I am feminine to a T. There's nothing masculine about me. There's very few people like that. Bro, there's so much masculine about me, but I like totally identify as a feminine feminine. And yeah. I'm like, why can't I just be a hot chick who does strong ass shit? Like what's wrong with Which that? you can definitely do. Exactly. And like I'm tired of just being like oh she's one of the boys no I'm just a fucking person yeah no you're just a person <laughs> like I don't want to be special or that token female that can lift like I hate that well and it's it's the dual-edged sword of self-identity right because like you have identity which people can label you with mm -hmm. which is awful but then you have self-identity which takes those labels and you get to t have control over where they go instead of it going on the bin that says you're a girl this is all you are, speaking personally, you can take that label and be like, well, I don't think this fits. I'm going to put my own label on my shit. And if someone comes and labels me again, I'm going to relabel that shit because it's me. It's my mm -hmm. stuff. And unfortunately, we live in a world where people want to label you, whether that's, you know, your gender or if they want to label you lazy, if they want to label you um, as perky or if they want to label you as like uppity. Like these are all yeah. things that we've already done. I think just having gender in the conversation is like the newest form speaking of, the of identities i think a lot of women get the identity of uptight bitchy whiny needy uh not as strong on the opposite end dainty dainty oh, girly yeah a little girl none of these have i ever identified with as a woman and i identify as a woman Mm -hmm. Like a regular fucking Well, I know a fat people I that don't... identify with these and they, they still are like, I don't like when other people use them for me. That's and that's not what their I place. really wanted to bring to the table for conversation because um, if you all don't understand, like there's a, there's a proportion of borderlines that are people who are trans or, yeah. or a part of the LGBTQIA because... Mm -hmm. Tr not to say that trauma causes gen gender identity questions, but it creates a different identity. Well, trauma creates identity problems, mm -hmm. and then you re-identify who you are after that trauma. I'm going through that. It doesn't have to do with my gender per se, but mm -hmm. like a lot of borderlines, and I see it a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, um, your your gender definitely plays into your identity, and as a borderline, the thing is, as a child, when you decide. Or you know, I shouldn't decide. For me, it's like a decision because I'm very analytical. I'm very like I'm gonna weigh out the options. Or what? For me, for, I, for me, I would say I because of my trauma and because of the indoctrination I had from the church, I was so confused that I had to analytically spread it out for myself hmm. and choose that in this moment, I choose the label of a non-binary gender fluid person. Right. Um, but I was gonna say when you're a kid, you know, when I was a kid, and I would tell everyone. Oh, I, I was the boy before Max was born. At a certain time, that got yelled out of me. Quit right. saying that. Yeah. You are a girl. You're going to always be a girl. You'll never be a boy. Quit trying to be one of the boys. You're a tomboy. That's the gaslighting that children receive. That's that what I was told. You're a tomboy, not a... Not a... That is the <laughs> gaslighting that you first start to receive as a child like that. And that's yeah. where the, the dysmorphia starts setting in is you're like, you feel like you're not supposed to be a part of this body. You feel like you're supposed to be something else. And everyone's telling you that your feelings are wrong. Yeah. So you're like, whoa. It's And they're not wrong. If you are younger, if you know someone who's younger and they say things that are kind of wackadoo, quote unquote, like mm -hmm. that, you know. 
it's not wrong. They're more or less just telling you how they really feel. And feelings are not wrong in any way. Actions are. I mean, until you use them in inappropriate ways. Yeah. And, like, how you identify in this world is so essential to Mm -hmm. you as a human being and your existence. And to healing. You have to, oh, yeah, you have to know who you are and you have to decide. Some parts come to me naturally. Like I know that I'm hot-headed. I know that I'm feisty. I did not choose that. <laughs> but yeah. some things I choose. Like I'm choosing to have better coping skills so that I'm not mm-hmm. so ignited. I take medication so that my fuse is longer than three inches. <laughs> you know, like there are certain steps and certain choices I am making into who I am. And I think that's like a really good thing or a big thing to uh, note when you're talking about identity and these really conceptual ideas. Yeah. And I kind of want to go on about identity here a little bit for myself and how I reflect on it because I grew up under the, you know, right under my dad's thumb, right under their control. Um, My beliefs were their beliefs. My ideas were their Mm -hmm. ideas. I said, you know, X, Y, Z yada 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 but um I don't identify like that and I don't know what moment in time where I was like I don't agree with them but I'm gonna let them have their opinions and not tell them mine I don't know when that happened but I'm pretty sure it happened like my Mm mid-20s and then I realized wow I'm being a fucking fraud if I sit here and let them sit talk okay for example my stepmom is very very Mm pro-life um oh save the babies right I had to sit there and I say this angrily Mm -hmm. I had to sit there and act like I cared about what she had to say on that matter when she doesn't understand that I've helped women get their abortion that I've helped women with their day after pill that I've helped women by donating to Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. you know so like when it comes to identity um I realized how important it was for me to not for me to be my true self and to not cover that up and I didn't realize how much dude and parents (laughs) need to realize that is like if you are not allowing your child stepchild or whatever if you're not allowing them to fully be who they are especially if you guys have ideals that don't match up you guys need to work out a a way that that work not you I mean the proverbial yeah that has to be worked out in a way that both parties are either not going to bring up the subject or if the subject is brought up it's done in a way that both parties are able to talk about it yeah and I think politics are you know they're always a tough subject and I like right now America's just in this big gigantic um social wars bullshit um and it's just like look dude let people live the way they want to live you want this to be america you want this to be a free country get over it yeah let people have their abortions and let people control their fucking it comes down to like a talk about tolerance me and uh ellie were talking about tolerance the other day and we're like uh that's kind of a big the big one that like you know people are trying to all teach like if we're gonna have a free country for everyone's gonna live the way we want we got to tolerate it uh, and then there's people like, well, then you're going to have to tolerate the people that are intolerable or don't tolerate. And it's like, we already do. We already do. <laughs> and here's the thing that is is going against the teaching of tolerance because tolerance is being able to act in a way that's what drives me nuts about that this you Oops. not that you don't <laughs> cause a problem, sure. but that you honor yourself while not inflicting pain or or stirring the pot to say. Right. 
there's when it comes to politics there's just i feel like there's a direct artery to to mental health there because it it so heavily gets tossed to the side mental health and then everyone's like i'm gonna jump on this and i'm gonna ride it till it fucking dies i'm gonna die on that hill i don't care who i hurt well we don't see a lot of we don't see a lot of logos in politics anymore it's a lot of ethos it's playing on people's heartstrings it's playing on those topics that are hard to talk about and people you know if you think about mental health in a whole and you think about how controlled the media has been and the way that is put if you're trying to win politically i would go and mind fuck people so that i win they all disarmed them with fear and controlled them with the you know basically making him think that it's going to get worse if we let these other people and that we have the same problem on like on the on the liberal side mm-hmm. oh these other people oh these other people and well, i know it it is so ridiculous how it comes down to like I we have can't. we have poor education system in america mm-hmm. and i think that's the truest thing is if we all were part of a greater more um cared about education system like other countries have um, we would see a complete shift in ideology for Americans. Yeah. Because if you have some people teaching about critical race theory and you have some people who will only teach literally what comes out of the freaking Bible, um, you're going to have a lot of discord in a country that's supposed to be the biggest, greatest, most united and you know country what's in the world. The craziest shit is we're appointing the first black woman to the Senate. Um. And, of course, she has hearings beforehand. And since we have the majority, she's going to get put in. Mm-hmm. But she still has to go through these hearing processes. So all these Republicans are asking her, the f- oh, my gosh. All of them are social issues that yeah. she may or may not even really have a part of. None of them were useful questions about what she would be doing right. if she took the seat. And one of what many of them were questions like, um, Katanji Brown Jackson, please define woman. What's a woman to you? And then they asked her if they thought babies were racist. And then they asked her, um, it's just a joke. It's a shit show. You don't, uh, I mean, the worst thing is if she was any other person than a black woman, oh. she could fucking snap off oh, yeah. and tell that and be fucking like, senator is to this a joke. Up. Yeah, and yeah, like, but but she had to keep her cool, and she had to because that was the fucking test. It just it made me sick. And to be honest with you, to sit there and ask uh, if you're going to include critical race theory um, with, you know, when it comes to your job, like, fuck you, yeah. Like, why? Are, why? What? Of course. Also, she's like, a fucking Democrat. Like, why do you care? She's going to get voted in. You're just sitting here grilling her, humiliating her, proving our point that this country is racist and sexist as fuck. Yeah. And it's just it was just a big disappointment to me. But it was actually really cool to see this photo of her and her daughter. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck them. History's still going to get made. Yeah. I was going to also mention on... um. The, the part when you were mentioning about like the media and in um in our systems and whatnot uh with the olympic uh winner leah um mm. trans transgender woman uh you know took, that was a, took home a medal issue. that was a huge issue another big thing was that the media was trying to make her opponents who she had you know won from you know won the gold and none the, of them cared right <laughs> well none no none of them cared but the media made the pictures look like the these people you know from 
yeah. Texas. Um, you know, we hate trans people, Texas. Uh, fucking Texas. Which not all Texans <laughs> are like that, but I. Hey, y'all admit the Texas, majority are you. Please like message that. us. Yeah. Let us know if you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you need resources. Or an We're abortion. Here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That Olympic story really blew my top off because I have like I have a lot of people and my friends on on like social media and stuff that well, are. Well, they're very... trying to pit these people against each other, Look, and they're friends. I will just say this. We shouldn't have genders that compete. We should just have people that compete. That's what I Holy said. Because, like, Let's how great would it be classes. if you just watched, like, you know, a thousand women beat men in their own sport? That'd be yeah. fucking bomb. Well, and that's exactly what would happen. We <laughs> do weight classes or yeah. we do strength classes. Weight classes always made so much sense to me because I'm like, bro, I can definitely take this kid who weighs 120 wet. What, like another 200 years before the rest of the world gets on board with not label everything boy or girl? Like, I mean. Well, it's just going to take the patriarchy. First dying. of all. Second. She she did not like overly win. No, she actually lost in in a couple of the things. Yeah. So she got like fifth and not eighth to place. Mention they didn't mention that the shit. The hormones though. that she's on makes her they, a lot less strong. Well, they Whether test her, the hormones. Yeah, so, so she's, she's she was within range of her yeah. other com- opponents. It was just sad because like there's people who are just so angry and they're like, "Not my daughter. She's not going to go against a man." And I'm like, "Well, she didn't." Well, that was a woman. I'm sorry. sorry I want my daughter to go woman. against a man, and she's going to fucking win. I just think it's stupid. Like, if, if you want to have an Olympic thing, you have to include trans people. Fucking get over it. Yeah. Second, if you don't think it's fair, let's petition for no genders. Yeah. Let's petition for strength classes. Yeah. Let, you know, like, let's separate them by weight. Let's separate them by something besides a dick and a vagina. Right. But then they wouldn't get to tell the girls volleyball team that they can't wear shorts. They have to wear bikini bottoms. Did you hear about that shit? I can't. Yep. That was a big one. I just watched the first episode of Naked and Afraid with a transgender woman, and it was badass. And she, <laughs> she fucking made it 20 days by herself because her partner freaking fainted and hit his head. She she did it all by herself. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. Hell you go, yeah. You go. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was exciting to watch, and Dylan's just like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, because... Tr- these people don't get as many opportunities as everyone else and i get excited when women of color people who are of the lgbt anybody that's that's got more bro than americans one love thing. an underdog why the <laughs> fuck do you not love your minority communities they are the underdog you fucking, fucking idiots i love them plus you know honestly i think the the humor and the comedy that comes out of the gay community is just like mwah, mwah, thank you thank you for being great <laughs> you mean the brink of executing yourselves <laughs> i just think it's so funny my favorite people my the funniest people i know are gay men or or trans men or no just anybody who's just not a fucking square bear <laughs> yeah no most the most genuine people are the funniest people to me because yeah, they're gonna genuine. be the most straight up about the we, the the stuff we don't really talk about <laughs> we, we this is a hot episode I, and i'm sorry but i'm not sorry because i feel like this is the this first p- episode i've been able to say shit and i'm not like pitting out sweating like i'm not i'm not doing the anxious shit you, you know get what I mean? that way too yeah when i get well like whenever i get anxious or whenever i get upset and i cry i sweat like all shake, over my body sweat, and sh- but I you shake. hold yourself still and you're like i'm solid that's what i do i, I, I get solid but i'm like my hands will shake <laughs> anyway. and i feel shaky other ways that we identify besides <laughs> politics um let's see uh well you're really into photography i'm an artist yeah, yeah. I definitely identify as an artist um that was a hard process because i think if you are an artist you any artist understands it's kind of hard to know when it's okay to start calling yourself 
an artist. <laughs> well, and for me, it was finding my medium. I, I, artist is a hard one for me because you know all my brothers and sisters are super talented. All my cousins are super talented. Talent doesn't make you an artist. Oh, I know. Making art makes you an artist. I know, but for me, that was such a hang-up. Was like the talent. I know. That I know. was the thing that. That's was... what I was waiting for. That's what I was like when I wanted to identify as a photographer. I wanted to wait until I was a good photographer right. to be like I'm a photographer. See, I identify as a craftsman. That didn't work. Everything I do is a craft. And I'm a man and I'm a craftsman. There you go. <laughs> craftsman. Whatever. Float your boat. Yeah. Um, other ways that we identify, uh, well, crazy people. No. Uh, <laughs> at least that's how I, I mean, feel lately. Oh, uh, one time we both identified as blondes. <laughs> like I blonde, do blondes. <laughs> really want to talk. Um, I do really want to read my BPD letter because I haven't oh. read it yet. I haven't heard it, so I'm interested. It's really deep, so grab a tissue. Um, I might actually have to... I haven't read it in a couple weeks, so I might actually have to update it, but who knows. Um, But I'm going to read this because I feel like um, it might be helpful for other people to idealize their borderline as, like, a person. um, And then, like, write a letter to them. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't matter where you are at in the process. I think it it's helpful no matter where you are to do it and you can always write a new one too I wrote mine where I felt like I was like fading away from it and I even now still feel like my borderline is not the most predominant issue in my life right now my fucking depression is (laughs) but hey you know what I went through a lot of shit I went through so much shit like you can't fucking yeah anyways all right here it goes dear ppd I'm writing you this letter to let you know that I am done with you. I am done letting you control my reality, my relationships, my brain, and my life. I never chose you. You came into my life when I was weak and scared after all the trauma that I had went through. I was only just a child and I needed help managing what I was going through, but you gave me the exact opposite. You gave me pain, deep sadness, deep love, deep confusion, huge emotions, and you gave me more trauma. They call it survival for a reason. It's because there was no other place for my inner child to go except for straight back to the trauma. That cycle continued every single day of my life until now. Most of my life was spent trying to fill an impossible void and searching for a person who can help me save myself. I tried so many different things just to be happy, and oftentimes I defined happiness as just chaos. That's all I knew. It felt safe. But I was wrong. I'm taking back that power now. The people who raised me took me away from what I knew, what I loved, who I knew, and who I loved. They ripped me from my family. As a result, I struggle with massive abandonment issues, both real and imagined, They also emotionally abused me to the point where I developed OCD and started pulling my hair out strand by strand. I did not have a clear understanding on what healthy was or wasn't. I've been confused my whole life. Why does everything gotta be so hard for everyone else but not me? The people who traumatized me made sure to keep me under their control so I was convinced that their way of life was the only one. We bonded deeply over the trauma they caused me. I even loved them for it and thought everything was fine. I was abused, not just by my guardians, but by everyone else after that. 
I didn't know how to protect myself. I allowed toxic people to come in and out of my life like a revolving door. I do not, I did not know what boundaries were. The only, the only protection I've ever received had to be provided by myself. I didn't even think I could do it, but here I am. I never asked for the trauma, just like I never asked for the personality disorder that came with it. I got to be the, it's got to be the sickest joke ever that borderlines end up becoming the aggressor and get blamed because of our reaction to abuse, manipulation, and our big emotions that we don't understand. Although those actions are mine, those emotions are completely manufactured by you. So fuck you for that. I didn't, I never did anything to deserve ending up like this. Although one might want to argue that because my behavior has been off the fucking charts. It's so hard to contain what crazy big emotions you give me. No one really understands that either, but I'm done feeling alone and misunderstood. I don't need anyone to understand me aside from myself and those who love me. You want me to feel isolated so I keep coming back to you. You want me to feel so bad so you can thrive. Well, now it's my turn and quite frankly, I've waited long enough. I'm done. I'm done letting you make me into a monster. I'm done allowing you to control my emotions. I'm done letting you take hold of my thoughts. I'm done blaming myself for the feelings I have. I'm done feeling like no one loves me. I'm done feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm, and I'm done thinking that it's always my fault. It was never my fault. It was your fault the whole fucking time. It was the trauma's fault too. You guys must work together often because I was defeated long before I ever became an adult. However, now that the trauma has been addressed, it's time for you to go. The trauma will always be a part of me. It will always be the reason I am who I am, but it will no longer send me into fear, but instead give me strength because I have already faced them. All you do is create symptoms, st uh, symptoms streamed from unprocessed trauma, and I am not even sorry to tell you that I process most, if not all, of the trauma that I've experienced. Um, I can feel safe now, even knowing all that has happened to me. I can feel safe because I made my soul a safe place for that little girl who's been screaming in my head for 32 years. I am finally at a point where I can actually somewhat manage my symptoms, but every single day I have to make a conscious effort to choose the choice to, to heal. I know you see me as tired and weak. I know you want me to fall back into your grip, but that will never happen again. I have awareness on my side and I can't unlearn the truths I've discovered about myself. I love my son and myself way too much to give up now, so this is your final warning. You will never get me back again. Ugh. I guess it's just hard for me because my dad does not choose me. My dad did not choose me. Mm -hmm. He always used to choose me, and then one day he didn't. And that little girl can't get the message. And I, I am fighting with her. Like, look, it's going to be okay. You don't fucking need them. You're going to be okay without them. But if you keep longing for them, you're going to hurt more. And there's no way to convince her. 
there's only a way to convince myself to do things for her there's no way to convince her and she just has to heal and I just want fucking help doing that because like I love my dad that's what sucks I love my sister but they're both fucking toxic people and I absolutely refuse to do that to my kid yeah and I know that not every parent has the strength to do that and I'm not sitting here saying that every parent should be like me at all I'm just saying that like this is my bottom line Mm -hmm. and this is where I'm at and it is a tough point to be at because every single day I have to remember he's gone every memory I have I have to remember he's not there it sucks I feel you (laughs) I feel you I used to tell myself that shit every day when I was like it started around when I was like seven or eight and you just start telling yourself every day like especially because like we you know we experienced different traumas my my parents had an issue of saying unfortunately I didn't ever want this. I never wanted you, like, directly to us. I never wanted you, but this happened, so now I'm taking care of you. Now um, you carry that. Yeah, now I carry that as a burden. I have the same thing with my dad and my stepmom. They would... She would blame me for their fights. Right? Oh, my God, yeah. Everything... The you only reason why my... Take that away. quote-unquote reason why my parents weren't in love was because of us and that's the whole fucking thing it's like i won't fucking do that to my kid no and i don't want my kid to be confused about what the because that's the thing is there's a lot of trauma around my whole family you know and when you had every family my well i mean my my dad has you know seven brothers and sisters and they all hanged out with the five of my mom's right their siblings and so there's all these people all these stories all this drama and none of us kids as like the cousins none of us really know what the fuck happened and now i'm that we're getting older i can say me and my cousin have started to talk to each other and be like why do we even care what happened to them like yeah what happened to you guys caused our shit but also like that's not my job right and um if you want to talk about your traumas mom and dad we can do that but you're gonna have to make room for mine and you're gonna have to accept it i'll accept yours that's what you know i'm really lucky because my mom i don't even think she really listens to too much of my podcast but i've been like honest with her i'm like look i talk about you and sometimes it's not in the most positive light but it's for Mm -hmm. a good reason it's not because i want to make you look bad well and any parent will support their child to do what they have to do or feel like they need to do like y'all need to understand if you want to be a part of us this is us everyone who listens needs to understand that this is me and you making space for what we never did before yeah for ourselves yeah and that's absolutely okay it's not it's not talking shit no we're not here to talk shit you about know people. if we were talking shit i would do a lot better of a job right um, no, this would be so much honey, sassier this is this would be these s- are borderlines <laughs> honey if you want us to start flexing our silver tongue please let us know like, we will go fuck. we will go hard <laughs> but no the things we bring up are to let people know and let people in on our own vulnerabilities because that's what i deal with is i have a hard time being vulnerable I have a hard time getting into the place where I am sitting with everything that happened. I'm watching the flashback go by and I, you know, Oh, so you're you having know, like, 
I have hard times like oh no episodes. I have I have straight P- PTSD episodes oh. where my whole body See, that stopped for me like by the time I started recording I, and I've rough. been thinking I need to do something like that like I need to either start there's a lot of different therapies for it mm-hmm yeah I've been I I've hope been you thinking about something to this get into I all I did was just cry and sleep and scream and cry and sweat a lot like I would I had um the flashbacks in the morning time and then I would also not be able to sleep at all and it was due to the anxiety but then I would sit there and I would like run over my head just like 40 million thoughts like oh god like and then dude but like the flashbacks when you're like not fully awake and you're still kind of dreaming um oh my god yeah. I'd never sweat harder in my life yeah. and scream louder and like Dylan would have to like wake my ass up because I won't stop screaming and and like the baby's waking up because like I'm literally screaming yeah PTSD is is like the first layer of where you're gonna go to for me it's when I get into arguments because I was the child that would go out and yeah because your triggers man uh, and so I I would when I get in arguments with people or when people want to be disrespectful towards me, I become my dad. Everything you would ever think to hear out of my dad's voice when he's in his thing, that that's who I become. And that's where I've had to accept myself as a borderline is that I, at some point, started taking my, nar- my narcissistic abuser's delight, what they, you know, showed us, this is what you're trying to work for. I started implementing that into my life and being like, I want someone who's going to be with me who's going to literally take anything that I do to them, whether I'm being crazy, whether I love them, whether it's two seconds in between the mood swings or whatever. Like I made sure I had someone who was going to go through all of it because that's what that's what my parents did. My dad has a woman that will literally never leave him no matter what he does. I imagine my dad could do some horrible, horrible, ima- unimaginable things, and my mother would still be there by See, his side. I feel like Dylan's the exact same way as your We were your all mom. trained to be like that. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, you know, we've, there's no secret, like, we, we just had a kid, y'all, in the middle of a pandemic, shortly after we started dating again, like, we've been through the ringer, and yeah. I'm like, he won't leave the other thing I notice about him that I don't really know per se with your parents because I'm not like deep Mm -hmm. with them um his love is loyalty that is literally what we were taught it is true though like it's really fucking true but it's also like look that's not the only kind and he understands that he's he's actually really trying a lot harder these days to to you know be more deep because yeah. I give him shit for that not is, having that's feelings. That's a huge problem. <laughs> and I've noticed, like, with my family is that uh, the Kilgores can fake being deep so, so That's well. a part of narcissism and internal narcissism, especially when it's built inside a family structure like that. It's yep. impossible to annihilate. The more kids you have, the more people you train to be like that, the more the harder it is for y'all to break that cycle well, no, that's why you see what ha- what's gonna have to happen if we're gonna have a family if my family is listening is that this family cycle is gonna have to break down we're all gonna have to take some time to find ourselves and then i hope and i and i pray that you guys know you can always come to me and say like i'm ready to start over and we can build a relationship together that does not have to do about growing up together can we talk about how our families and i know this is true for my family but this is probably all true for every borderline um how much they don't believe in us or 
perceives to feel like they don't believe in us or they want to label us as a certain type of thing because of our struggles that's the shit that really fucking hurts us is like do you know how fucking hard we are working to be better do you know how hard it is for a person who struggles with these fucking disorders and then you come in wielding the sword that caused our trauma before all that but do you even know how hard it is to be an individual like we are like if you can understand that then you can understand how to treat us because when you understand something is really difficult for someone you know like let's use ukraine for example we all know how horrible that is nobody's gonna argue that we suffer all the fucking time and it's mostly because of the trauma that our own family put us through and those are the first people who are gonna try to hurt you that's the sad fact of being a borderline and i hate it because like with my sister you're a julius caesar (laughs) you're literally (laughs) my sister dude (laughs) she wants to sit there and play fucking text warrior when she wants to and then like not text me back when i went want to make plans and then suddenly be like i don't feel comfortable with you watching all the boys by yourself I was never going to do that. I was just going to She take... was comfortable with you doing that when you weren't qualified as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were And you were, like, super... with that. Like, not to be rude, but when you were crazy Annie, like, she was totally fine doing it's that so that she could go get drunk with her friends. This is literally because, like, I don't trust her with my kid. I don't trust anybody with my kid. I don't no, trust li- any of my family with Literally, my why my mom keeps begging me to have Sylvia spend the night. And I'm like, why does she have to spend the night? It she spends every feelings. day there. That she said that, but to be honest with you, I fully respected it and did not engage in anything just based on the fact that, like, I'm trying to really just do this for my son. And, and you know, like, I told her straight up. She's like, she texts me out of the fucking blue after she ignored me for two and a half months. Excuse my fucking urgency and irritation in saying this, but ignore me for two and a half fucking months. Act like I didn't fucking hit her up. And like, oh, we should get the boys together. Let's not fight. Let's not argue. Bitch, I've never wanted to fucking argue. I wanted to set some healthy boundaries also, so that we don't fight. Also, red flag toxic positivity. Yeah. But we're not going to go down that road because she won't even fucking go to therapy. So whatever. Um, I'm just trying to tolerate her right. and not get triggered and set off. And she's just like, had the nerve to be like, I miss my sister. Bitch, if you fucking missed me, you would fucking try. <laughs> but anything about Don't. Her, she doesn't miss you because you are now here. She misses what she, she had. She misses your BPD that she could wield and or, use to or make that, herself feel better. But what she really misses is her connection to me, not oh, my, yeah. not me. That's what I mean. Is like because all of our connections do service. This is a her thing, not a me thing. Yeah. And like that, I didn't react to it. I'm reacting to it on the podcast mostly because I know she won't fucking listen, and this is a fucking safe space for that. But like that fucking man, it makes me so mad because like my son has not seen his cousins since the beginning of June, and why? Ask her. There was only a short period of time where I said, I don't want people who are not vaccinated around my son. And it was during the holidays because it was a really bad time. So that made sense. And I got so much fucking cocky attitude from everybody, especially her. And I was just like, you know what? I I didn't react to that either. So here I am being the person who is not reacting, who you expect to react, who you expect to aggravate, that you intentionally aggravate with an expectation of reaction 
then you are the you know if you're doing that you're a bad person you're Mm -hmm. being a bad person you just are that is not healthy for anyone why why do people intentionally try to hurt other people's feelings because their feelings are hurt loneliness i saw this thing or that (laughs) um i saw this thing and it was like every war every crime every hateful action can be tied to loneliness you know why because for me to hurt you i have to disconnect myself from you i cannot be connected to you as if we are sharing this Mm. space i have to disconnect that thought and be alone with myself to hurt you and that happens so fast for everybody because it goes and then you're doing it and you're hurting someone you're saying something bad i just and that blew my mind i was like that is what it is we are lonely people we are lonely we're very lonely and what's sad is that we get this bad rep for being explosive being this being that but like y'all don't fucking feel worried about us taking care of our own children (laughs) Like shit like that. Like it just doesn't make sense. And listen, if we were that fucking lost of a cause, we wouldn't have our kids. Right. Exactly. So like to feel like I was put in that position, I was like, well, to be honest with you, I said it to her too. Cause I was like, I suggested, Hey, I have this week off. Let me go take the boys to the beach. It'd be great. Like gas is really expensive. No one's driving out there. We'll be the only ones. And she wasn't comfortable with that. I even said, you know, if you're not it's cool. Because, like, our relationship has been tumultuous. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, we have the most, we have the most um, accurate or, like, reasonable reactions just turning the volume all the way up. Like, it's the very correct song for the situation, but you turn the volume way too high. Right. That's literally what it is. It, it sucks. <laughs> and we're viewed as, like, these, you know, oh, well, they reacted that way. And look look our reactions will always 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 be our responsibility but please understand that a reaction doesn't start with the reaction it's react so it's you know something happened right that we reacted to so that doesn't take away it being justified that we react yeah that the only thing that's taken away is how we reacted but the fact that we react when you hurt our feelings isn't leverage for you to be like, see, look, you're not really getting better. See, look, you're actually not that well. See, look, you shouldn't have a podcast. See, you know what I mean? Like, none, nothing can really ever take away our credibility as hosts because what we're hosting is just honest discussion. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, what is the, what, why yeah. do you even care about the podcast? Because people have to have something. Right. Well, and if they want to be a part of our lives, but they don't want to be held accountable for, for anything baby. that they do to us. Self-esteem and narcissists feed off of other people's n- lack of it. Yeah. So, I mean, those people, whether they are good people to different people besides us or not, may still be narcissistically toxic to us. And yeah. it's it, it's it's a trauma bond. Yeah. You know, that's that's what you were raised in. That's what I was raised in. That's what we're conditioned to be. Breaking that cycle is literally like swimming, uh, you know, against a fucking tsunami wave. Right. And, and I want to say, like, breaking the cycle does not mean that you're going to, like, hack down that forest. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. No. Like, uh, it we just have a yeah. mental illness. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> like, this is generational trauma. And if you don't think your family has it, open a book. Right. <laughs> More than likely, if you think your life is 
really boring you probably have more drama and problems going on in your life than you're even that you're even willing to admit yeah and that's what just is so hard for me though is that like with the people who i felt like were my safest confidants before my diagnosis and all that like those people are so not fucking my safe people those Mm -hmm. were the people who kept me tied down whether they realize it or not whether they want to accept their role or not their role was toxic poison that's what i have to accept is that my siblings are gonna have to take their own journeys before before i'm not toxic to them because it pulls it out of me it's honestly the best healing method for you because you're going to literally be fucking forced through the tunnel of light when you're sensitive to light i have (laughs) to bruno this i literally have to just separate myself and let them figure it out i'm not maribel i want to be maribel but i'm not i'm bruno i know (laughs) i'm i think we're both in the same boat there like we're both bruno and we're waiting on fucking maribel to fucking help me yeah there's only three channels in my tiny little casita (laughs) wall um Maribel, hurry, hurry, girl, hurry, girl. Um, <laughs> SOS. Um, but we're like, we're raising our Maribels because, like, we're gonna break these cycles, and our children are gonna see, like, and know. Because I tell my child, I'm like, hey, look, mommy and daddy say things, or uh, mom, uh, grandma and grandpa do things that cause all of us to get upset, and it's not okay for mommy and daddy to get upset and fight with grandma and grandpa like that. And yeah. it's not that I tell my child all the crap that my grandma and grandpa did no i just tell her like hey that wasn't okay and then i put it back on me because me and tristan are her main uh role models yeah and if we put everything back on her she's going to learn oh like today when she messed she was being really mean to me and i told her i was like hey quit it and she finally was an oh and like came back and was like mom i'm sorry i i just didn't like you and i was like that's okay (laughs) Like that's good, fine, though, and I'm like, good. but like, you know, that wasn't cool to treat me like that. And she was like, Yeah, I know, and so I'm saying sorry. And I'm like, Okay, cool. Thanks, kid. Man, yeah. that's it. That was See, like a really awesome point in my life. Just being like, Wow, my kid knows how to be like, I fucked up, but it's I'm sorry. It's like that where you're like, as a parent who struggles with their mental health, like it's moments like that where you're like, Okay. They're I'm doing okay. Yeah. She's she's fucking great. Like, you know, that's the amazing thing. She's not thing. being exactly like me. We're great. <laughs> like, she may be going through whatever stage she's going through, but she's doing amazingly well considering how hard it has been for you. Yeah. And, like, people don't look at that with moms. Fuck the mentally ill. They don't fucking give moms the credit they need for surviving that shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because that was fucking nuts. I was like, people do this? Like, why do people do this? It's so hard. Like, being a mom was not a fucking click-in position for me. Dude, I saw this kid losing their shit at the supermarket, and the mom was, like, just, you know, breathing, trying to hold herself together, right? Yeah, doing the mom thing. And I literally just wanted to be all like, shut up, your mother is a goddess for taking care of you. Stop it. (laughs) Like, I couldn't. But I looked at her, and I was like, "Hmm." you know? And she just, like, gave me the, like, we're going to... We're gonna get the last thing on our I list. I get the nod the sometimes. Out of here. So I've been trying to work on my postpartum anxieties that I still have, and like some, a lot of them are just like taking shepherd places. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, I took him to Target and Fred Meyer's yesterday, and like, Good job. literally, this motherfucker was flirting with everyone. Yeah, he just like, hey. oh, they would look at him and he would get shy. <laughs> yeah, your kid is a flirt. He was so much fun and. 
it honestly eased a lot of my anxieties but like what I noticed is like when he does cry it's still it's that feeling you get that is the worst feeling you get whenever your child does that one thing yeah and And you feel like you're literally going to crack into a thousand pieces and explode (laughs) we went all the way out to Gresham today 40 minute drive and uh to visit my or my grandmother my mom's mom and you know it was really awesome because like I never get to see them I didn't spend a lot of time with them they just really want to see these kids and I'm like I just really want to show off my kids so we went out there and he was like yelling we had like 20 minutes like not crying but like I'm telling you what's what and I'm like boy if you don't stop yelling I'm gonna pull this car over and I swear to god I'm gonna pull this car over I kept saying it over he was like I can't say I'm gonna whoop your ass because I feel this because of how heavily beaten I was as a child, mm-hmm. I don't even want to empty thread it. No. Um, because no, I feel I like it's almost the same. And look, no, I'm yeah. not going to talk shit about people who use physical force with their kids. Um, but it doesn't work. I mean, it we... doesn't it doesn't fucking work. What is it going to teach them? It's going to teach them to hit other people, if you ask me. But yeah. that's just my opinion. Um, the... Everybody has their own. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Honestly, we use like spanking with Sylvie. Um, with that said, we don't beat her it's more no, like no it's like now you have to bend over my knee it's embarrassment it's, yeah hey, it's embarrassment you which need is a different thing it's still traumatizing but it's yeah. less than being like slapped or beat with a metal coat hanger like right i, I was been spanked with a metal coat hanger on on popcorn kernels and like it's fucked up my knees literally yeah. no that's like psych <laughs> like was that's that your what, stepmom that was my mom uh, and my dad like none of the physical abuse like so really started until I was a teenager teenager and then she would like you know grab me by the back of my head push me and shove me but I could see take I didn't her. get so that she stuff. never I really just watched tried. stuff happen to my caretaker so and then I was all you know right. the kids hid and then I was the kid who'd come out there and be like you stop hitting my mom dead-eyed like i did i had to pump myself up i had i prayed to god and then i prayed to satan and then i'd be like okay one of you two's gotta have my fucking back you fuckers and then i'd go out there (laughs) while you know my mom's getting beaten and she'd be like stop yeah it sucks like i had i experienced a lot of the same things as a kid um except for my situation my mom was like whacking the fuck out of my dad <laughs> but that's different different situation yeah and, and like looking back on it and like having these urges as an adult to react the same you realize how that's much model behavior exactly that's why i don't like when going i fly out off the Sylvie, handle I flip out and i don't when i fly out. off the handle or when i say shepherd wyatt allen i'm like oh my fucking god i'm my mom I am my mom and I know that with her patience and her ability to critically think when she was mothering me Mm -hmm. um, it would very quickly uh, turn into physical abuse and whether that was stand in the corner and get a paddle or right now you're close enough for my backhand to reach you right like that's what I experienced and like I'm not gonna fucking lie. I feel the same urge mm-hmm. to do it to mm-hmm. other people. Not necessarily my own kid. Maybe it's a little different, but like no, I, sometimes I, mean... I wanna use more force with him. And I know it's coming from <sighs> me being abused that way yep. and conditioned yep. that way. And it's not gonna work with him either because um my kids just for me have you know, <laughs> not not working out the physical action has caused for me to have a little bit more um like flashbacks to like occur. Um but with that said, like 
that's what happens. So I, I will go out somewhere. Sylvie, Sylvie be bothering me, just like bugging me, doing something a regular three-year-old will do. And I just can't take it. And I will just, Sylvia, and just, then I start shaking because I catch myself. I'm like, You're oh, like, I'm about to try and whoop my child's that's ass. Splitting. Like, that's splitting. And that's, that's the moment of splitting. Yeah. And well, and, and it's good because instead of going straight to her and paddling her ass in the Fred Meyer, I like just shake and I go, mom's going to go look at some hair dye. You're going to hang out with your dad. And she goes, okay. <laughs> and then I go look at it's hair It's really dye. healthy that you are able to identify the moment because for me, I'm still tr- like figuring out, okay, my hands, where am I losing it? My hands it? go cold and shake. That's like my, that's the one thing that Nowadays. I learned. I'm, I'm going to, really? yeah, my hands feel like fucking ice cubes and they shake uncontrollably. Yeah. I just notice every little thing ticking me off to the point of like everything turns red and it just gets redder and redder. See, and everything ticks me but off I can't until the stop hands. it. That's what's re- really shitty is that like when I notice things are tinted red, I know that they have to turn blood ass red before we can start over yep. again. Yep. And I hate it because the other day on Tuesday, I felt that way when I was in traffic. And I'm like, oh, I fucking hate traffic. Blah, blah, blah. I had a shitty day. Mm-hmm. I've had a shitty month. I've had a shitty year. I'm feeling really depressed. Yeah. And when I got home, you know, and I cried on my way home. And I'm like, okay, you're just going to have to get it together because you want to hang out with your son. And so I got home and I looked at him. He smiled. And I immediately came in here and cried for two hours because I couldn't get over the fucking red. The red was still red, dude. And I'm not, like, I don't want to be around my kid when Mm. I'm, like, just losing it. And, like, Dylan came in here and he put him on me. And and that made me feel better, but it also made me feel worse. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I understand you're trying to, like, you're trying to help, but that's not the right thing right now. Like, I want to feel like I want to hold him and it makes me better. But, like, right now, I was just cradling my inner child. Yeah. Oh, dude, I that's what what that shit is. I don't spend enough time loving, hugging, and cuddling my baby, and I feel awful about it. But also, like, I'm teaching her that her autonomy is so important because I was never taught that. And, like, realizing as a child there were a lot of times that I was, like, physically held or touched when I didn't want to be. Dylan Dylan holds him down, and I'm like, why do you hold him down? And he's like, so he can learn control. And I'm like, I don't know how much of that isn't untrue, though, because if my kid didn't he eventually relaxes hey d if you if you're listening to this all the times that you held me down um i am talking about that shit in trauma right now um just let you know uh yeah (laughs) i had a lot of abuse from my siblings as well yeah sexual trauma from my stepbrother yay (laughs) but that happens especially in families when it um that happens in families like the kids are gonna end up abusing each other and now you have more than one kind of fucking problem yeah it's uh you have traumas on trauma bonds on traumas on trauma bonds and no matter how much y'all go to therapy it's going to take a long mm-hmm. time for you all to respect each other yeah and your your stories because they are different and i feel like from my perspective you all kind of have a competition on who's got more knowledge on whatever and it's well, like yeah you guys got to understand that you all bring something that nobody's more or better or best or number one, or there's no competition. The thing is, is my, my brothers and sisters still have a hard time understanding why we compete. I always knew why it was. 
mom and dad treat whoever is the most knowledgeable or the most like because when we go to church you would have to answer questions right and the questions were already in the text yeah, but, I mean, it but if you could comes from that but if you could elaborate on it if you could make these long drawn-out comparisons and sound so you guys so were smart. pinned against each other oh in, yeah and in that, a lot of ways but like they don't see it and i'm like you guys don't think that uh Pin-pee. trying to get us to uh you know answer those questions and sound like super smart little einsteins wasn't pinning us against each other maybe it was and then that different. kid would get to choose what flavor ice cream we got or, or maybe like from their point of view it impacted them in a different way right then it impacted what you saw because maybe they don't see what you saw you know well, what i mean well yeah and I, and I do remember being a kid being not thinking like oh they're pinning us against each other and i have to rem- remind myself that they may be in those frames of thought especially the two they're still living at home with my parents um, who continue to pin them against each other. Look, oh, Kenna has a car. Friends. Oh, well, Max is teaching kids. Oh, well, Kenna and each other against each other. And they don't even see it. My That's parents I'm like, did Guys. this, too, until my brother was no longer a part of our family unit. Yeah. So, like, they'd be like, oh, well, so-and-so can do this. Why can't you? Like, when we were growing up together, oh, Aiden can get straight A's. Why can't you? Well, because I have attention deficit issues that you won't let me take medication for. And right. he doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, like you can't do that to your kids you can't no. you should not fucking do that to your kids and no. that's honestly one of the reasons why i don't want to have another kid because i was raised that way and god knows fucking breaking that cycle is like breaking a cycle on top of another cycle well and honestly that's the whole reason why i've chosen to only forgive my parents to a certain extent at this point because they broke the most in my opinion holy and true relationship which is to have a brother or sister have you ever thought about inviting one of your parents to therapy? No. I know exactly how that would go. Mm. And uh, I'm not looking to, like, dismantle the entire... Like, I'm not looking to stir the pot that much. I'm not trying to stir the pot where the soup's well, falling out. I mean, as far as that's concerned, that can include or not include as much or as little as you wanted it to. Yeah. So like, I just you, uh, I don't think that they. Ent- I'm kind of in the same place until so. they're willing to go to therapy for themselves. Right. I don't think I can. You can't sit through that. My dad was locked in a fucking closet as a child for not, and then who knows well, what I else feel, happened to him. I I just understand that I feel the same. So I'm just exact like way. I, can't, I can't help you, and like, I don't want to try to help you. That's too much on me. I already tried helping you when I was a child, and I'm done. Now you get to help me See, this or is, not be a part of This is honestly one of the subjects I wanted to talk about and I kept forgetting. But how we forgive people knowing all that we know. Yeah. It's so fucking hard. It's already hard to feel alone. It's already hard to be alone. It's already hard to be alone in this. Mm-hmm. When we finally realize that like these people are hurting us there's only so much that we can fucking accept right because either they may never change so how does a borderline accept the narcissist that they cannot change i don't fucking know um how does a borderline accept people that don't respect their diagnosis don't respect their their individuality how You, you either go no contact like you've done or you ha- or you build shit. you build barriers and you may you maintain those barriers and that's where i'm getting is i want to have a relationship with them and maybe this is petty but only to show them how silly they were for trying to fuck up me fuck me up 
See, you are in that stage of the healing process and I can identify with that because when I became an independent, I wanted to fucking show them that I could do everything they told me I couldn't fucking do. Well, and it's not really that. It's more like I'm not going to be wanna this. You want to prove a point? Sort of, but it's more like I want to show them that who they think they've made me, the person that's going to react, is gone. And I want, like, I want them to be afraid. Do you want that more than you want to show them that you have that? Or do you think that showing them that you have that is more important than having it? Oh, no. Having it is way more okay. important, which is why I'm there's, mostly no there's contact. There's a balance there, though, because, yeah. like, in the no, beginning of therapy, it was the other way around. When I was me. about 18 and I left, or, you know, that that was me showing them. That was the, I can do this. I can be homeless right, and right, still right. be happier. That was the, that was the that me was that. doing that. Okay, so what you're saying is at this point, you just actually want to show them that you I'm, have the strength. My Yeah, I'm showing them my strength, and I'm like, you can either be scared or I like I've always known that I'm bigger and better than you that I that, that I am <laughs> that I am more emotionally intelligent like I because I had to be to take care of you and the and so now they're is... going to accept it or they're not and if they don't yeah. accept me being more emotionally intelligent than them or having healed from shit they or haven't healed boundaries from, because of it yeah if they're not going to accept that I'm not upset. I'll go walk over to my Eden that I made and you guys can go live out in the desert. You do that. You yeah. do that. No. I'm like, that's yeah. exactly, that's a great place to be in healing because like. Even though when I turn around, I cry and I'm like, you fuckers, I want you here. No, I was about to say the flip side of that is so fucking emotional oh because God, you're yeah. like, why? I want my, don't I want them. you love and respect me. Yeah. Why? That's all I want. I know. And I identify with the same exact thing. I mean, the only difference between me and you here is that you still have, you're still trying to make that work. And I gave up <laughs> like in my situation, in my opinion was non-negotiable. Well, granted I've given up a lot of times and come back. And that's another issue that it's I work with. Is, pleasing. I know. And I'm trying to stop it. What um, really got to me is when Max was like, dude, if you keep coming back, they're never they're never going you. to give you the ground to stand on so and that's why I'm something like, nah, that Sylvie doesn't need i had to deal you. with i'm not i don't need to be around you nah. you know any times i've like and i'm going to talk about this because i feel like it's it's really important um do you know how many times that i have been like fuck you i don't want to be your friend anymore to my best friend <laughs> yeah four hundred thousand times yeah. and i can't tell you how many times where i probably should have just stuck with it mm. And I don't want to be mean and I don't hate my best friend in any way at all. It's just that like... You understand we, them too well. Yeah. And I wanted to let go of the pain, but I also didn't want to feel the pain of abandonment. So I go back and I still keep going back. And this kind of goes into my next subject. When I was on maternity leave towards mm -hmm. the end, I was so pissed off that all these people were so supportive of me having a baby, but literally only one of them... Matter. One friend showed up to meet my son. One. I deleted 12 people. Um, it was really heartbreaking for me. But what I learned is that it wasn't them not showing up. It was me not communicating to them that I needed them. Yeah. And that sucked. You know what I mean? Like accepting, look. Yeah, they should have fucking showed up. They should have come knocking on your door. Maybe they should have, but you may have not been that friend to them ever in their point in life. So maybe they never felt like that was the move. I had spent so many years being so alone that I don't have deep friendships. 
<laughs> at Same. all. I don't have friends that I've had for 20 years. And the only one I have is as toxic as they can be <sighs> for me. And I love her still. But she I, ain't the one. <laughs> I think it was right after high school I started realizing, like, friendships take just as much effort as relationships yeah they do and i realized i'm not good at either one so because I, I don't have a good relationship with myself <laughs> and it's not that i gave up i just started putting in as much effort as i was willing to and then the people who didn't care for that much effort and i don't, I don't blame them for leaving it wasn't a lot of effort they left yeah. um and the ones that didn't didn't and i still have relationships with them now granted like my best friend lives in LA and they probably don't call me their best friend which is fine but they're still my best friend they're still someone that I know I could literally go to with any crazy fucking thought and they would come back with me with like okay well let's let's break that down <laughs> like and, and Sam if you're listening I love you and I care about you and I'm gonna come down to LA and hang out with you um wow. but yeah like I realized my friendships because of the relationship I have with myself has to be more distant than than close because I will fall back into people pleasing and I can't keep doing yeah. that. I have to get to a certain point where I've practiced individualism long enough that it becomes like just inherent. I've I've had to, to straight up have to um, talk to my boss about me going through therapy and, and being like, look, yep. Um, yep. I know this is the person that's been working here for the last five years, right. but I'm a lot different now yep. and I would like it if you didn't talk to me like this. And mm -hmm. like he was really fucking respectful of it. And like, oh, you're tough. That that type of thing. Oh, you're tough. You're fine. You you can take care of all these jobs. No. I don't like being spoken to like that. I don't like being expected yeah. to do that because I can. I want to be respected because I can and I choose to. Right. Um. So like, I, you know, and I had to have those conversations. I'm noticing that because of my diagnosis of borderline, um, who I am right now is not who I've ever been before. And that is another reason why I'm depressed is I'm having such a hard time finding out who I am. And like the music isn't vibing and the TV isn't vibing and like nothing feels good. Like nothing is clicking. And then like the shit that does click mm -hmm. is traumatic and is connected to my dad or my family or my the sister. The only way out is through. One thing shit. I want to say though, because you are a fire sign. And I was thinking about this the other day. I hate this shit. Fire is really interesting because it is in action it's not really a thing it is the accumulation of like molecules combusting Energy. and turning into something yeah which means it's constantly changing its form as it is its form and you're a fire sign no i know you are the essence of change speaking of change which my moon's a fire sign so that's where my heart <laughs> like, is you can relate <laughs> yeah um so leading into I did reach out to about five or six of those friends mm -hmm. and like message them and add them back and say, hey, you know, I was going through a lot of postpartum. I didn't feel the kind of support that I expected from you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for just acting on it and not communicating how I was feeling. Yeah. And having expectations with all of them like, responded hey. back. Well, all of awesome. them and so like i oh my god like i cried because like these were all moms too so like that's part of the reason mm. why i deleted and was like oh, you're a mom you're not being supportive who fuck knows annie you don't know anything about being a mom like, all the while the moms are like she'll let me know if she needs something i'm not gonna bombard right? her and i'm just over here like no one's seen my baby and like it was just 
it was just heartbreaking. And then I was going through that shit with my dad. And then I went through like all this really, really, really sad alone time. So like mm-hmm. now it's about, it's my birthday on Wednesday. Fuck. Hell yeah. 32. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to have dinner the weekend after that. And you know, so I've got a few friends come in and that's all I really want to do. I don't, I just want people around me that I like that are like, Hey, it's your birthday, dude. Good job for being alive. Right. And then yay. Um, side note, I may be a little more irritated because I might not be able to get my ID renewed before. <laughs> and then I won't be able to buy a margarita at Margarita factory. That will be sad. Not a sponsor. That won't happen because I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people that work at multiple margarita factories yeah. so like, we'll be good <laughs> do i not look like i'm 21 i'm literally 12 years past that also Come i don't on. know how, when i go into mexican restaurants i just don't get id i just ask for margarita and they give it to me <laughs> so yeah it's really important to acknowledge your healing and like it's okay to be upset that like people don't reach out to you yeah. and stuff but also ask yourself if you've done what you're you know you could have done because that that's a street you know what i mean you you have to ask someone to come down it be gentle with yourself if it's something you just realize man it sucks that they didn't come see my baby but also at that time i just couldn't do it i couldn't tell them i needed the help you know i couldn't i I wasn't everyone wanted to see my baby and i was pissed i was like get the fuck away from me you don't actually love me you just want to be around the baby yeah i feel that all the time uh that's also because i have to deal with it well i had started seeing extended family that i had never i haven't i had not seen since i was uh, like we went to school together that's why we saw each other every day Mm. and like oh i'm here to see the baby and i'm like yeah choice words (laughs) choice words were said i don't know i just feel like some people have this weird reaction to somebody else having a kid that's like more than expected but then they realize it's weird and then they like back off and it's always the non the younger non non non-parent type i i was really surprised when i started hearing you were very young so like all of your friends were super young yeah they're um, like whoa well, and it wasn't I didn't really have a lot of friends I had my family and for them it mm-hmm. wasn't weird because they all had kids when they were 17 like they all started oh. having children when they were 17 yeah, so, so it wasn't too weird what was normal. weird was everyone was like all my childhood I was told that I was going to be the one who was going to have kids first because apparently I was well I was slutty for a child or oh, whatever because that of the, is the, not cool <laughs> because of the religious cult I grew up in and because uh, Sorry, I was an attractive. I am an attractive fucking person. Always have been. I was. A, I'm a good looking kid. All right. That's um, creepy. <laughs> like that's creepy. I've always been good looking. I live. They wanted me to be no, in I Hannah know. Anderson magazine when I was a child. But like, but that is weird. That like when I was 14, it was like you need to stop wearing skinny jeans because your butt's so big. Or just stop I eating, got Anna. The same talk. So I wasn't allowed to wear skinny jeans because they made my butt look big. I wasn't allowed to wear form fitted anything because I had a body, and this was because my stepmom oh god don't get me started hey women out there moms out there dads out there if you're doing this you are catering to the the teenage girls wear their fucking crop tops and kill pedophiles like just do it you're only going to be in prison for like literally sit three months or trap them and study their minds so that we can stop pedophilia if if you don't how about that i mean that's how we stop serial killers but nobody wants to do that and everybody wants to be like hang the pedophile and i'm like over here like look no seriously this is a mental disease they all have the same behaviors we can study this and we can stop this we could also eradicate if people could get over like you know i I don't know i'm all for a good hang then we can kill them 
but then sure, do you yeah, really no. want to kill okay, somebody yeah. who you know is mentally ill? We can like, put them on like a trial period of like, we put you in extensive therapy. Did you really want to get better? Did you not? And if with, you don't want to try to get better, we're going to kill you. <laughs> with pedophilia, it's explicitly there. There's a lot of research going in on studying the brain and the reactions and why they are addicted to child porn. So I really it's wish sad, they would study the brains of people. Um, you know, I don't know. With I've other ra- shit going on. I'd rather them study the brains of people who fucking hurt kids first. But that's just my opinion. Like, let's figure out why they want to hurt kids so much and so often. And now we can go to why people want to murder people, which no one does anymore because well, we studied it so extensively. Yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, um, like what they're finding is that it's due to a lack of love and being gaslit as a or child being and sexually being abused. abused. Yeah. A lot of sex um, offenders are sexual abuse victims yeah. is what they Well, find. and a lot of them aren't trying to hurt children. They want to love a child. And yeah. that's how they and view it's like, it. It's, it's part of their love. healing their own inner child. Yeah. It's all sorts it's, of fucked up. You yeah. don't want to get tied in on that. You don't want to traumatize someone to the point where they feel like they have to have sex with a kid to feel better. Yeah. Imagine that kind of trauma. Well, and think about how, like... America is one of the major countries with these issues. I know. And that's where I'm like... And we're so, like, idolized. Why? (laughs) Why? Like, we've got some cool shit here. Don't get me wrong. Vegas is a fucking zoo. It's fun. But, like... But that's all America is. Like, the cool thing about America is we're a human zoo. Yeah. We're We're like a shitty human zoo. We're like like a bunch of animals out of the cages. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's awful. It isn't that great, but it is still better than a lot of other countries, and I'm not going to ignore that. I'm I'm not using that as gaslighting, but I'm also saying I'm not ignoring that because my heart goes to all of the women who are carrying a weapon and defending Ukraine and left their child to cross the border by themselves. Um, Yeah. I can't – it doesn't sit right with me. Um, I consider myself very fucking lucky to not know what that feels like. Yeah. To not understand how a woman could do that. Um, I'm lucky. But, you know, we always have to remember where we're at in life. Um, It's really important because especially if you are a borderline or somebody who struggles on a day-to-day basis. That's that's your grounding method. You've got to remember where you're at, what you got, and what you have. Yeah. And my empathic emotions right now just go towards, like, people who have what I have, but, like, also are a person of color or a trans person or, you know, like, somebody who has duality in their struggles is definitely, like, someone to to bring up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, that – and it, uh, by the way, forgot to mention – this is Women's History Month. <laughs> By the way, fuck yeah for being a woman or whatever you fucking feel like being. But women have fucking done a lot to change this country, to change this world. And quite frankly, we're badass. And the only reason that we give birth to children is because we fucking can. Right. Also, literally, shout, we shout can do it to, all. Uh, shout out to the two women who um, one was a creator of Plume, the other one is known on TikTok as the Trans Handyman. Um, we love you guys. You guys raised over a hundred k for trans people in twenty four hours on Woo! live stream. You're bomb diggity people. I wanted to shout you out. I hope you guys get the message. And if not, hey guys, check out the Trans Handyman on tra- on TikTok. She's awesome. It's never too late to learn a new skill. Um, yeah, and if you need fixed, if you need to recock Dude. your tub, she's got gotcha. you. Recock, cock, 
Sorry. Cat. <laughs> hey. I'm five. Um, Are you so getting your daily dose of what pee, Annie? Is your can't let it go. <sighs> my can't let, let it go is my kid's uh, emotional intelligence. She's so Aww. emotionally intelligent, so smart. That's you. That's you and your fucking crusade of, and I yeah, need you to yeah, know. <laughs> I, I get to be proud of myself, be like, I did that. You did. Even though I had parents that made this fucked up mess, pointing to myself. Right? <laughs> I feel the same way sometimes so with like, my son. I'm like, you're like that? And I'm like this? Like, wow. <laughs> I kind of just want to do like this move to my parents. Just be like, <laughs> No big deal. Yeah. Oh. Not that hard. Can't let it go. There's a lot of things I can't let go of. Um, I guess the main one being that, like, I don't want to make it about my son. Make it about your ID. <laughs> my ID? My IUD. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, here we go. That is my can't let it go because it won't let go of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So... I don't want to, like, I don't want to make other women afraid to try this form of birth control because I know that it works for a lot of them. Yeah. But, like, the copper IUD, this is my fucking can't let it go because I am, like, I've heard it sucks, on man. my period every single day of my life since July. Um, yeah. I'm no. having a horrendous time. Um, see with the Mirena? I only the graphic, get it, I only get the graphics three, are three just too here. graphic. Okay. See, I have a copper one because I didn't want to have too many hormones because I thought I was going to get on antidepressants and then I didn't get on antidepressants and now I'm going to get the Mirena before I even go on antidepressants and apparently that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, trigger warning. I bleed 15 to 20 days a month like a Texas chainsaw massacre getting drained out of a fucking hatchery. Like, this is nuts. I think I'm dying when it's happening. I'm like, bro, you, you gotta get oh these my things. god. You gotta get the, these things. I wear panty liners and the with the tampon, but these like, are way better, bro. I don't like anything going up my butt crack or like riding up my butt, so it has um, to already okay, yeah. be in the, yeah, feel, you know. But yeah, birth control. Then get on the marina, bro. And you I mean, might like marina. you might you might skip two periods a year. Like the first time, like for me, it was like I had like eight of them in a year, and now I only get three a year. Yeah. So birth control. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it is man's creation to control women in the most miserable oh, way sure. possible. <laughs> for sure. You guys don't Fuck want it to be shit. comfortable. No, no. You're like, hey, let's stop your cycle, even though we don't have one. That makes sense. Also, let's create the most insane things to put inside your coochie or your arm or anywhere else yeah. that like, are uncomfortable. Who cares if you grow a mustache? Who cares? That's fine. Oh, who cares <laughs> if it might uh, penetrate your uterus and your bladder and possibly I've kill you? I've talked to three of my friends who had that happen with the Mirena. And so, like, That's I'm the to the point where I'm like, look, this bitch does not want to fucking get pregnant so bad that I'm ready to take that risk. Yeah. Let's just put this into perspective. Yeah. If you're if you're a vulva or a vagina owner that needs to use birth control and are thinking about the marina, uh, if your partner or if your uh, little handyman in your side drawer any IUD. is too big, any IUD, you're going to be a little... It you're depends gonna, on yeah. your vagina. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, for me... Well, and it depends on what's going in. For my situation, it's not a problem considering it would what's weird seem is like I, a have, I have an extremely long vaginal canal See, for some reason. I do too, so it's not a problem. No, it's been a problem for me. What? Or maybe I'm just lucky with partners, but I mean like it has been a problem. It's been knocked yeah, around. It doesn't get in the way for me. And then you're like, ow, and then fun but time's over. I did tell my doctor that I like to have rough sex and she did 
put yep. it up like she's like I put it up like an extra millimeter higher there's nice. no risk at, but but like that's you know you have the body where you mm-hmm. can put it there um and like he can't feel it so we're okay that's good I was gonna say mine gets knocked around which is why like I just don't have sex yeah, very much that. anymore and that's the other thing with the IUD is that like it's completely removed my sex drive because of my allergic reaction to the copper yep um, I'm like eh I mean I want to have sex but I don't feel like bro, having sex starting your antidepressants <laughs> and being on the marina you're probably not gonna want to have sex like For and like if you do it'll year. probably just be with yourself <laughs> you'll just be like I just only want to be by myself I don't even know if I can do that anymore anyway <laughs> we'll take up crocheting listen if you guys want to get on antidepressants we strongly encourage them they do have Definitely. a lot of side effects but guess what what's the worst side effect staying the fucking same i also was told that if it's really bothering me i can start taking supplements for my libido right and you know you may not want to like supplement your supplements but like there are answers and yeah. look do you want to heal or do you not want to heal in the most effective way possible like yeah. that's just the question what we got available is what we got yeah you want it or not <laughs> i can't wait i'm like i'm almost like i have to be honest with my therapist and be like bro this is way too fucking long i needed help sooner i should have i'm learning to be more like that been with more my forward therapists. I need be to be honest i need to explain my psychotherapist well, she canceled on me in february 14th and was like you're okay and like I was doing fine, but what I realized was happening was that I was people pleasing in my therapy. You're gatekeeping yourself. I was gatekeeping yeah. myself. I do that a lot, and I and that uh, made her think uh, I was more okay than I was, and I wasn't able to like touch I'm, in on why or what was really making me feel. I'm lucky bad. enough that my psycho, uh, my what are they called? It's technically my medication management, but they are a psychotherapist. They um, they're also trans, so I was lucky enough that they like know the things that people like us do and they're all like are you sure and i'm like okay well now that you ask um i i actually yeah the weight gain has been bothering me because my boobs are getting bigger and my butt's getting bigger and i don't like it i want to look like a board and they're all like but you're getting healthier and i'm like yes and they're all like (laughs) no literally they they did this he went because they're a trans man and they're a little bit larger and i was like okay bro okay and they're all like with time we're gonna heal you and then we're gonna make you inside out yeah that's what's that's what it's all about is this is not this is not a straight process this this is is not a a couple months this this is is an up and down yeah for the rest of my life this is what i'm gonna be doing dedicating my time it's gonna get easier though you have to realize that it's not always going to be as intensive as it is right now and when you get to a point where you can look down at where you were at and feel substantial love for yourself you're gonna be like all right this this ain't this ain't as big mm-hmm. of a mountain as i thought because i mean for us it's just the first time we've ever climbed it for yep. everybody else they've already been past it right. so they're like we already learned that one you're all like good for you but it's such a big deal <laughs> i for was us. forced to make camp <laughs> like i had to stay down here and feed all the other people i starved to death that was a joke because one of my traumas is actually like having to make camp with my dad oh god <laughs> for all the years we went camping yeah all right I well i was forced to set up camp happy thoughts think happy thoughts everybody um if you haven't already please like follow and subscribe to our show we are on apple and spotify at annie are you okay podcast follow us to find out more about the show and for fun little memes and reels on instagram and facebook at annie are you okay podcast and twitter at aayo podcast (sighs) all right y'all love you hang tight i promise it won't be so long next time (laughs) (laughs) 
And as always, thanks for listening. We love you guys. All right. Bye.